0: Welcome to Daring to Live by Every Word. My name is Melody Mason and in this podcast I will be talking about how we can apply God's Word in practical and relevant ways to our daily life. As I've heard it said, it's not about how many scriptures you know, but about how many you actually live that really matter. So grab your Bible and join me on today's journey as we open God's Living Word. As we begin this week's podcast, I have two specific scriptures that we're going to be focusing on that I think give us beautiful principles in how to practically live God's Word in our daily lives. The first one you might not be as familiar with, it comes from Ephesians 4, verse 25. So turn there with me, if you would, Ephesians 4, verse 25. It says, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Isn't that powerful? The second passage I think you will be very familiar with, it's a promise that we often love to, love to claim, and it's one of my favorites as well. And it comes from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Listen to this promise. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Isn't that beautiful? Had an interesting experience, uh, a good growing experience, actually. Uh, I had done a women's uh, online women's conference and just had a wonderful time with a group of women from all over the world. We had a beautiful time fellowshipping and studying God's word and, and sharing together. But afterwards, one of the young women reached out to me, and a, a bit hesitantly, but she said, Melody, um, I'm really, really struggling, and I, I just, I just feel like... I have no hope. And she started to list all the different things that were going on. And um so we we started conversing more and I was, you know, praying, how can I how can I help this woman, you know, to see Jesus? How can I help her see the truth of who you are? Well, first I kind of had to understand what she was dealing with. And so I asked her to write down, you know, what are the things that you're feeling? What are the things that you're believing, you know, what's going on. And so she did. She wrote down this list of things, and here are uh, some of the things that she wrote down. She says, There's no hope for me. I will never change. It was my fault. I'm full of shame and guilt. I'm a failure. I'm not worthy of God's love or forgiveness. I don't deserve to live. I don't deserve forgiveness. It's all my fault. I'm a terrible mother and wife. I think God's tired of me. I'm broken. I'm worthless. I'm a failure. I'm a terrible person. My daughter and husband would actually probably be better off without me. There's no hope for my marriage. I'm the problem. I can't change. I should disappear. No matter how much I try to do things right, I always ruin everything. I deserved what happened to me. You can just hear the pain and despair and the utter Hopelessness in her voice, and of course, my heart just broke as she shared. You know, um we've all been through different things in our life, uh, obviously, some much more traumatic than others, But as I share with people um, when I travel and share my testimony as well, I say, you know, pain is pain, and we're we're battered, we're broken, we're scarred people that live in a in a broken world. And the, um, the enemy knows how to use our past against us. He knows how to use our mistakes and failures against us. He knows how, how to, you know, attack us at our weakest points. And he's constantly, constantly trying to tear us down. And uh, I can relate. There was a time, um, I'm going to say about... 17 years ago now? Yeah, I think it was 17 where I just felt like I had lost all hope. You know, I felt like God had had abandoned me and and those that I cared about had abandoned me and you know, they hadn't, but I had these things in my mind. I just felt like I had no purpose to live and to go on. I was in a very hopeless condition. And of course part of the reason for that um, was I, I felt you know like God had failed me um, with some things that had happened and had some real heartache and, and pain and you know pain is pain. you know sometimes when I share my testimony um, I, I feel a little self-conscious because I haven't been through the trauma and the tragedy that, that many people have, but I've had heartache and each heartache hurts and so yeah i went through this experience um, which basically ended up about two years in pretty serious depression i did ended up doing some testing and found out that i was (laughs) i basically had very severe depression and i just praised the lord um, that he brought me out of that and and helped me begin to get a new perspective on life but kind of when you're in the position when you feel like you know. Your relationships have failed, and and those around you don't get it, and you feel like God's failed you, and so, you know, you may still believe in God, but you don't feel like you can trust Him. It's very, very difficult, and that's the experience that I had for a while. You know, God has the amazing ability to take our brokenness, our pain, what seems like utter destruction— And just turn it around for his glory. And um, I just praise the Lord. He says in his word, you know, the years that the locust have eaten, he will restore. You know, in Revelation 12, verse 10, we are told that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's constantly accusing us. And so when you hear that voice saying, you can't be saved, you're not worthy, you're not good enough. That's the accuser of the brethren speaking. It's not God. God never speaks in those accusations. Yes, he pricks our conscience, conscience and he's chastening us and he's showing us how we need to be closer to himself and he cuts at those things, you know, in our lives, <clears throat> whether that's idols or lies or different things, you know, uh, he cuts at those things because he He wants to remo- remove the impurities Um, and to make us like himself but he always speaks hope and there's always an open door and so as I was speaking with this um, young woman I told her I said okay now you've shared with me you know what you're hearing what you're thinking where you are But now we need to combat that with the truth of God's word. And what was that first verse I shared with you today? It was Ephesians 4 verse 24. And it says, therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. So if we're going to speak truth, first off, let me just ask this question. What is truth or who is truth? Well, we're told in God's Word that Jesus is truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is truth, and His Word is truth, and His Word leads us to the truth. And so whenever we are in a situation where we're struggling with the lies of the enemy or You know, helping somebody who is struggling with the lies of the enemy, we need to remember to speak the word of truth. One of my favorite verses is John 10, verse 10. And of course, I always share the latter part first, you know, because God tells us, He says, I am come, or actually, this is referring to Jesus, of course. He says, I am come that they might have life and life more abundant. So that's why Jesus came is to rescue us from not only the lies of the enemy, but of course from destruction. He came to give us life and life more abundant and life more eternal, right? But the first part of that verse says the enemy, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So, you know, the enemy is constantly trying to steal our hope. He's trying to to destroy our faith. He's trying to take away all reasons to trust and to believe God's word. He's trying to keep us, of course, from Jesus himself and from eternal life. And so he is the accuser of the brethren, but we need to to speak uh, faith in place of those accusations, and we need to speak God's word in place of those lies. So as I was talking with my friend, I said, let's together think about God's words that counteract those lies, and we did that, and the result was beautiful. And I would like to share with you today what she shared with me after we had gone through the scriptures counteracting those lies, because maybe it will be an encouragement to help you where you are, or you can use it to help someone else that is also struggling with the attacks, you know, the attack of the enemy and believing his lies. So listen to this, it's beautiful. The devil tells me there is no hope for me, but you tell me in your word that I have hope. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future, Jeremiah 29 11. Thank you, Lord, for there is hope for me because you hold my plans and my future in psalms 39 verse 7 you tell me my hope is in you the devil tells me i will never change but lord you tell me in your word i can change through christ therefore anyone is in christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all things are become new second corinthians 5:17. thank you lord that i can become a new person in christ Thank you for the gift of a new heart. The devil tells me that everything that's gone wrong in my life is my fault, but Lord, I am free from my past. In Revelation 12, verse 10, we are told that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me from the voice of my accuser. The devil tells me I am full of shame and guilt, but you tell me in your word that you set me free from condemnation. Romans 8, 1 and 2, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for washing me, for cleansing me, for restoring your Holy Spirit in me. The devil tells me I'm a failure, but you tell me I can do all things through Christ and that I'm a conqueror through Christ. Romans eight thirty seven. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you, Lord, that I'm a conqueror through you because you died for me. Thank you that I can do all things through you. The devil tells me that I'm not worthy of God's love or forgiveness. But I praise you, Lord, that you say I am saved by grace. Romans 3.23 23 through 24 says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus thank you Lord that you have made me worthy and you have forgiven me I am justified I don't have to be worthy to receive your gift forgiveness is a free gift the only thing that makes me worthy is the blood of Christ The devil tells me I don't deserve to live, but you tell me that you gave your life for me. John 17 verse 3 says, And this is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I praise you that I have been bought with a price. Thank you for giving me the right to life and life more abundant. The devil tells me I don't deserve forgiveness. But you say, I am forgiven. When I confess my sins, you say, you're faithful and just to forgive my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. Thank you for your forgiveness. I confess my sins and I accept your righteousness. Thank you for the grace that saves. Of course, the devil tells me everything is my fault, but you are my deliverer. And you say that you will set me free from the lies of the enemy. John 8 36, therefore if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Thank you for setting me free from my past. Thank you, thank you for helping me not to linger and listen to the lies and the father of lies. The devil tells me that you're tired of me, God, but you say your mercies are new every morning in Lamentations 3:21 through 26. Thank you for being long-suffering and patient with me. Thank you for your mercies that never fail. The devil tells me, I'm broken, but Lord, you say, I'm whole in you. And you heal the brokenhearted. In Psalms 34, verse 18, and in Psalms 147, verse 3, you tell us that you are close to the brokenhearted and you save those who are crushed in spirit. Thank you that you are near me even when I'm brokenhearted and that you hear the cries of the brokenhearted. Of course, the devil's always trying to tell me how I'm so worthless, but you say I am loved and accepted and valued. John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Thank you that I have value because your Son died. For me. Of course, the devil tries to tell me that everyone would be better off if I was not around. But you tell me in your word that I have a purpose. You tell me in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 that we are co laborers in God's service, that we are God's building, working for him. Thank you for making me your dwelling place. Thank you for giving me a ministry. Thank you for giving me a purpose as a child of God. The devil tells me there's no hope for my marriage, but my hope is in you, Lord. Psalms 42, verse 5 says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Thank you that there is hope for my marriage, even in the darkest circumstances. The devil keeps taunting me with the fact that, well, things will never change, and I'll never change but you tell me in your word that you can change me. Ezekiel 36, 26, you say, A new heart and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I praise you that I can be changed through you. Yes, I'm a sinner, but you aren't done with me yet. The devil tells me that I should just give up, but in Jesus' name I press on. Philippians Three fourteen. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a goal, an eternal goal, a heavenly goal. I have reason to hope and to press on. Of course, the devil is always taunting me that I deserved what happened to me. But Lord, I thank you for helping me to move on from my past and for making me a new creature in you and for justifying me and sanctifying me and saving me. In John 14, verse 6, you tell us that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And in John 17, verse 17, you say, Sanctify them through thy truth, Thy word is truth. We just praise the Lord for His word, for His word combats and counteracts all the lies of the enemy. I want to encourage you to do just what this young woman did, and that is make a list. Go ahead, make a list. Get it out there. Make a list of those things that the devil is telling you, all the, you know, bad things, whatever, and then go to God's word. You know, this whole program, this whole podcast is about daring to live by every word. So in this situation, how do we practically live by God's word? Well, we have to put the truth in the place of the lies. So write down the lies, whatever it is the enemy is telling you, write down those lies And then go to God's word and find those promises that counteract those lies. And trust me, I can guarantee that there is a promise for every lie that the enemy throws against you. And if you can't find a promise, you feel free to reach out to me and I'll give you a promise. There is a promise for every lie that the enemy tries to to throw against you. It is in God's word. In fact, I have a beautiful... Uh, a beautiful list. It's actually in my book called "Daring to Live by Every Word," which is which is called "Who You Are in Christ." And I list a whole bunch of Bible promises about how God sees you and how He sees me, and it is beautiful. And if you would like that list to help you counteract the lies, or maybe to share with someone else. Um, feel free to send me an email at daringtolivebyeveryword at gmail.com. And I'll send you a PDF of that specific list to encourage you on your journey. You know, I want to encourage you that as long as there's breath, as long as there's life, there is hope. There is always hope. Remember, one of the opening verses that we shared was Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says that he knows the plans he has for us to give us a hope and a future. That is God's promise to us. And so I don't care, you know, what the enemy tells you or, or, or how he might try to discourage you. There is always hope in God. In fact, I, I kind of got cracked up Yesterday, I saw this meme that someone had put out there, and it said something to the effect that, you know, if you feel like you've ruined God's plans for your life, let me assure you, my dear friend, that you are not that powerful. (laughs) That's exactly right. You're not that powerful to ruin God's plans for your life. Yeah, Uh, we make mistakes. We follow our own inclinations. We mess up, but God can still turn that evil, turn those mistakes for good. You know, he tells us in Romans 8, verse 28, that he works all things together for good. And that doesn't mean all things are good, but he can take our deepest, darkest mistakes. You know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter the sin, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, I love what Corey ten Boom once said, there's no pit so deep that Jesus is not deeper still. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter You know, when you turn to Christ and just, he's reaching out to you, of course, long before you're reaching out to him, but when you turn to him and accept his gift and and, and just reach up your arms, asking for help, he's there, he's instantly there. You don't have to get your life together before you go to him, you go to him just as you are. I had um, a really, really beautiful passage I was just reading in uh, Steps to Christ, which actually goes right along with this thought. And so let me share that with you right now. This comes from one of my favorite books, Steps to Christ, and it's page 64. It said, There are those who have known the pardoning love of Christ and who really desire to be children of God, yet they realize that their character is imperfect, their life faulty, and they are ready to doubt whether their hearts have been renewed by the Holy Spirit. To such I would say, do not draw back in despair. We shall often have to bow down and weep at the feet of Jesus because of our shortcomings and mistakes, but we are not to be discouraged. Even if we are overcome by the enemy, we are not cast off, not forsaken and rejected of God. No, Christ is at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us, said the beloved John. These things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, 1 John 2, verse 1. And do not forget the words of Christ himself, the Father himself loveth you, John 16, verse 27. Friends, stop and let me just stop here as I'm sharing this beautiful quote and pause at this beautiful promise from John 16, 27. Did you hear this? This is for you today. Today. It says, the Father himself loveth you. God himself loves you. Let that sink in. That's powerful. Continuing on here with the quote, he desires to restore you to himself, to see his own purity and holiness reflected in you. And if you will but yield yourself to him, he that hath begun a good work in you will carry it forward to the day of Jesus Christ. Pray more fervently, believe more fully. As we come to distrust our own power, let us trust the power of our Redeemer, and we shall praise him who is the health of our countenance. So if you're feeling all, you know, all, you know, cast down and, and feeling like, you know, man, I am just so far from where I should be. That's a good thing, actually. It just shows that Satan's delusions are losing their power, and you recognize your need. And remember, one of my favorite things I love to share with people, it is our great need that is our only claim to God's mercy. He came into the world to save sinners. My friends, that's you and that's me. We are all sinners and we are in need of a savior and he came to save sinners and so if you're a sinner, you qualify for what Christ came to give and I just I just praise the Lord for that. So I want to give you that give you those promises and one of my favorite promises also comes from John 6:37. And it says, "Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out." So, if you just turn to Jesus and say, "Lord, help me," I'm I'm in this wilderness, wilderness, desert experience. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm struggling with depression. I don't feel like I have a purpose in life. I don't feel like I have a hope or a future. Help, you know. All you have to all you have to cry out is just help, and He will help you. He will answer that cry every time you cry out to Him. He will answer um, because He comes to give us a hope, in a future. I have a story that I want to close this podcast with. Uh, Before I do, there's one other book that I want to recommend that I think that's just powerful. Uh, Actually, there's two books. Um, One is called The Lies Women Believe and the Truth That Sets Them Free, and it's by Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth. And, well, get this, her husband also wrote a book called The Lies Men Believe and The Truth That Sets Them Free. Now, I haven't read his book, uh, but I have read portions of hers and just excellent material. Well, I'd like to close uh, with a brief story um, of two individuals that I observed that were struggling with lies in their life. Uh, this uh, this actually started, the story started about, oh, I would say probably five or six years now. I'm, I'm not sure if that's exactly correct, but it's been a few years now. And I was coordinating uh, a big Bible conference event at the time. We had people from all over the United States that were coming together to study the Bible and learn how to study the Bible. And we had these beautiful prayer times and and we have this special time when we would encircle those that came you know because many people were struggling they're hurting they've got marriage problems they've got spiritual problems and they just need to be prayed for and so what we would do is we'd bring them into the center of of a circle and we would just surround them and lay our hands on them and pray for them and there's two individuals that I will never forget from this this specific conference uh, that took place and um One uh, was a young, beautiful, beautiful uh, young girl, probably somewhere in her 20s, and um, she was struggling with her identity. She was struggling with who who she was and how she should live, and she was far away from God and she knew it. But she had come to the Bible conference because she was looking for help and she was looking for hope. And so she came into the center of that circle that night, and we prayed for her. And I remember watching her cry and and praying for her, and seeing the tears come down her face, and you know, just saying, you know, Lord, please set her free, set her free with your truth. And and um, we we did pray for her, and it seemed at the moment that that she had gained, you know, the hope and the help that she needed. But well, the story doesn't really have a happy ending. It's actually a rather tragic ending. Uh, that girl went home and went back to continuing to indulge in the lies of the enemy and the lies that the enemy was telling her about herself and her, her hope and her future. And instead of continuing to seek the truth, she, she just gave way um, to the lies. And it was not long after that that she took her own life because she had lost all hope. And I remember hearing that news and, of course, we didn't know her really personally, but we had seen her hunger and her desire, and yet she had been overcome. And, you know, we're not going to place the blame on her or on anyone else. We don't know all the specifics of her story and her testimony but i just i just remember thinking how tragic i mean the enemy was trying to destroy destroy her and he succeeded and that's not the that's not what should have happened lord why did this happen and i believe it's because she she continued to immerse herself in the lies instead of looking and and holding on to that hope that we have in jesus well at that very same event there was another man that we prayed for that came into the circle and he was a very broken man he had uh, recently been through a divorce he had two children i think if i remember at the time he wasn't really allowed to engage with his children this man was in the depths of despair if you can imagine how deep despair can get and maybe you've been there in your life well he was in the depths of despair and he did not want to live either um, but he came to that conference and we prayed for him in that circle that night it was during an all night prayer session that we had and um, after that prayer session um, well, maybe even before that as well Uh, We had a prayer room at the conference where, you know, even while the Bible training and all of that was going on, uh, we were praying constantly with the attendees and those that came. And I remember going into that prayer room and seeing that young man and seeing him just pouring out his heart to God and pleading, you know, Lord, help me, save me, deliver me, you know, just so full of discouragement and despair and depression but just feeling so hopeless. But he clung to it and he stayed in that prayer room during that conference. In fact, I think he was in the prayer room more than he was in the actual meetings where we were having the Bible studies. He was in the prayer room with his Bible and just clinging to the word of God and and just pleading, Lord, help me. He spent over 30 hours in the prayer room before the conference was over. And that young man went home, a changed man no depression drugs no psychotic medications nothing except the power of prayer and the word of god i remember not long after that that young man contacted me and he said melody you won't believe you know what's happening in my life and i came home and i started a prayer group in my church and and i've been teaching people at my church you know how to press together in prayer and and just, you know, God was working miracles in his life, and it was amazing. And, and not long after that, something else happened, and, and I remember him reaching out and, and sharing about that. And then we ended up attending uh, some conferences together, and I watched this young man continue to grow in the Lord. And since then, well, like I said, it's been about five years. This young man has been on so many amazing adventures with God. He is actually walking a practical daily, by faith, adventure with God. In fact, I never know where he's going to be next. Um, I still hear from him. He's actually been part of my prayer team that I've worked with uh, the last several years. And he'll, he'll be, you know, maybe in Honduras or, or, or Nicaragua or, or Panama um, or wherever, you know, or up here in the States, um, and just sharing miracle after miracle of how God is working and and lives that, that God is enabling him to touch and, and to change, and it's just beautiful. He has so many testimonies. Sometime maybe I'll actually have him share on the podcast about what God is doing. But this man in the face of those lies has continued to speak the word of god and claim the word of god and live the word of god and say lord if you said it i believe it that settles it it's good enough for me i'm going to to live your word and god is blessing him and um he he has a relationship now with his children he has two beautiful beautiful children that are learning to fall in love with jesus and are growing in their walk with him and they're going on adventures together and, um, you know, even though he and his wife uh, did not remarry, um, he has a working relationship with her now. Um, God has worked so many miracles, and in his, his practice, uh, he works as a therapist, and just one miracle after another. His name is Andy Martinez. I know he wouldn't mind sharing my sharing his testimony. He shares it as well as he travels and works and lives by faith. And uh, like I said, sometime I might have him on the program. God is doing amazing things. He has a ministry now called the Invisible Man and all about trusting God, you know, um, and following uh, by faith, seeking to bless others and seeking to draw people to Jesus. So just a beautiful ministry. I think the, the story that I just shared though, two people, same event, two completely different outcomes. And why is that? Well, I believe because one gave ear to the lies of the enemy, and the other decided, no more lies. I'm going to speak and live the truth. And that's what God wants each one of us to do. Speak His truth, live His truth, pray His truth. His truth is greater, and He will make us more than conquerors. Let's pray. your Heavenly Father. I don't know who this podcast is for. I don't know who's out there right now struggling, maybe struggling with the assurance of salvation, maybe struggling with the assurance of their worth in you, their love for you, your forgiveness for them. I don't know Uh, who may be struggling or maybe someone's listening, listening today that has someone in their life who is struggling and they need to share this with someone else. Whatever the case, Lord, you know who this podcast is for. And I am just pleading that you would right now reach down and touch that person with your love, with your grace, with your mercy, with your forgiveness. Lord, turn their hearts to you. You promise when we turn our hearts to you. You promise when we confess our sins that you will forgive. You will cleanse. You will set the captives free. That's who you are, Lord. You're the one that came to set the captives free. The enemy is trying to destroy. He's trying to to lock us up in our despair and hopelessness. But you come to open those prison doors and to set the captives free. And I just want to praise you for that. You've done that in a very, very real and tangible way in my own life. And Lord, I praise you for that, and I know from personal experience that you can deliver us from the darkest, deepest depression and give us new life in you. You can make us new creatures in you, and I just praise you. So thank you, Lord, for hearing this prayer today, and thank you for the hope that we find as we speak and and, and as we live and as we pray your word. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we can't wait to see you. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Daring to Live by Every Word. Dear friend, our Heavenly Father is just waiting to make His forever home with you. In John 14, verse 23, Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. In Revelation 3, verse 20, we are told, He is standing at the door knocking, even now. My prayer is that you will not delay another day, but open the door of your heart to Jesus right now. For more information on how to grow your walk with Jesus, visit daringtolivebyeveryword.com. I look forward to seeing you next time on the next episode of Daring to Live by Every Word.